Is this Scott? It is. How are you, my brother? Uh, I'm doing good, you physician of music, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, my wife rolls her eyes every time I say Dr. Music. So, <laughs> How are you, my yes, friend? Yes, sir. Uh, no complaints, just sitting here in what is normally uh, sunny California, but we've had about two weeks of rain, which are about to uh, end tonight, so uh, everything is great. Yeah, it sounds pretty great, because I'm sitting in Chicago with about three inches of snow on the ground and my toes frozen. <laughs> oh, I used to live I used to live within smelling distance of uh, Lincoln Park Zoo, so believe me, I know your pain. <laughs> That's very cool. I, I grew up right there on the north side of Chicago, so... That's cool. Yep, I spent a lot of time there. Any, do you see a, a, a relation with New York being in New York? Because I got family in New York, and uh, you know the, the, the cities are fairly similar, right? Yeah, I think I think Chicago, the the people in Chicago are a friendlier version of New Yorkers, <laughs> and and this is from a New Yorker. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similarities. There's it's you know they're both uh, no bullshit towns. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and uh, yeah, because I was born on Long Island, so uh, it, uh, it we got similar stories. Definitely. Yep. Yep. You know it well. You know it well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, it's great to see your post uh, today, too, um, with your interview schedule, which I had, of course, um, and saying you were glad to do it. Uh, that's that's means a lot to to all of us, for sure. And, and, it, and it's, you know, it's no bullshit, because, listen, I, I appreciate that all of you are taking the time, you know, out of your day and out of your lives to uh, to speak with me. So, I don't take that stuff for granted. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people have a have a viewpoint that that they're doing you a favor. Uh, but you know, my position is the complete, absolute opposite. You guys are doing us a favor, so I really appreciate it. Well, and I definitely I'm glad to do it. Uh, and I come to you as a fan, really. Um, I remember getting that metal health record. Uh, you know, calling my record store up. Uh, in Chicago and saying, you know, is it there? Hold it for me. I'll be right there running the four or five miles, running four or five miles back home and throwing it on the turntable. And uh, I failed school for that week or two. And, uh, you know, it, it really hasn't come off of the turntable uh, since very much. Uh, it's still great, you know. Well, you know, this is this is what I really love. And, and I had mentioned this earlier that, that one of the biggest differences between the industry now um, and and the people that that listen to music now is the fact that you know for for my generation and your generation uh, we made an investment in the bands that we love. It's like when I knew a Led Zeppelin record was coming out, I did the same thing. I was pestering the record store until they told me it was in, uh, and then you know uh, in my case I actually happened to be working at the store. Um, but, you know, I went and got the record and, and I looked at the cover and I looked at what the guys were wearing and I read every single thing on the liner notes yep. and I listened to the record back to back and then, you know, continued to play it. Um, and none of this was done over the Internet. You know, we, we were invested in the bands and the music uh, and, and the generation that we loved. And, you know, sadly, that's uh, 
that's rarely, if ever, the case anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I work with a bunch of young kids, and, you know, I'm like, you can't ask them what the first record they bought was. It was an event for us. Um, it was really something, you know, when the records came out, we ran down there. It was a, it was an event. It was an actual event, and they don't have that. And it's just a, a different uh, spin on things, I guess. But um, I, I really, you know, it's a shame that they don't have that. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's everything has gone from from uh, from valuing uh, things that you have, and and I'm not just talking about music. I'm talking about even things that uh, even things that you possess. Now we live in a disposable society. When you know, after two years, uh, you have to get a new phone, so you trade yours in or you toss it, and the same thing with a computer, and the same thing with a flat screen TV. Uh, and everything has become disposable, and, and you take music, um, you know, we, we only had the choices of what was being released, um, and, and the only way you're going to hear it is if you went out and bought it, or if your friend had it and you borrowed it. Uh, now there's tens of thousands of things, uh, streaming and illegal downloads, and after about the first 10 or 15, you know, seconds, um, if you're not completely in love with it, you just go to the next one. You never really give it a chance without knowing that, you know, the payoff was 20 more seconds into the song where you never heard it because you're in this rush to go to the next thing purely because it's available. And it's a real shame. Yeah, it really is. It really is. With that said, you continue to release new music, which, you know, for, for fans like myself is, is really a, a wonderful thing and I just I, I thank you for it it's it's so great to get new music you know now you have uh, James Durbin who is just you know an incredible singer really close to Kevin's sound you know the sound that you know we really know from the classic quiet riot I was gonna ask you how he was fitting into the rigors of the road and things like that and you know how the material was coming across live but then I got, you know, this email that says Quiet Riot One Night in Milan comes out on <laughs> January 25th, CD, DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> kind of answered that question, I guess, huh? Yeah, it, everything has uh, everything has panned out really, really well with James. Um, um, he's the first singer that we've worked with since we lost Kevin in 2007, who actually has um, a, a range that allows him to sing uh, a lot of the things that Kevin did because Kevin had an enormous range. Uh, but also, Kevin was uh, a, a great entertainer. He, he was a ham. He loved being on that stage. And, uh, and James has a lot of that uh, himself. He loves being on the stage as well. And he's a really, really nice guy. Uh, so we're about to start our second, uh, our second year and touring cycle with, uh, with James on board. Yeah, that's pretty cool, and that that really helps. Uh, <laughs> being a nice guy, that is, uh, because you guys do hang together, you do travel together at times. A lot of bands don't do that. I come to find, you know, I've been doing this for a number of years, almost twenty years now, and you know, I talk to them, and they, you know, they recorded the album, but they never saw each other, or they're on tour, but they all come from different places, and they're not really, they don't really, you could not talk to the guy and still have a career with him. Uh, but you guys kind of hang together, don't you? Yeah, you know the the thing the thing about being uh, being in a band that a lot of people don't understand is is like being uh, emotionally involved in a relationship. You know, um, you have to spend time with people to find out 
who those people really are. Um, and Chuck has been, Chuck Ryder, basically, he's been uh, a part of Quiet Riot on and off since 1982. Uh, and Alex is, I think, over 10 years with the band now. So we all know each other well. And, and uh, James, for the first year, was great to get to know him. And especially, you know, when we're making those drives, uh, sometimes we have to make the drives in between cities because there's not an airport close enough to make it. Uh, and, and that's when that's when you really get to know people because you're in close quarters uh, and you're listening to music and you're having conversations and, and you find, you know, James is, is barely a child of the 80s because he was born in 1989. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's really funny to be able to, to hear his perspective on things from his youth and his generation. But it's also fascinating for him to hear the stories that we have to tell that are, you know, uh, one, two, three plus decades old and how things used to be. And, and, and so it's, that's, that's when you really get to know people and that's how you really get to find out what's going to work and what's not going to work. And, uh, and so far uh, it's, it's working and I'm happy to continue uh, this lineup uh, as it is as long as everybody's happy doing it. Uh, it's great. It's great to hear. Now your your relationship with Frontiers. Uh, you know, I get Frontier stuff in here all the time, and you know, like ninety percent of it is great. Uh, <laughs> that that label is just incredible. It really is. Um, but they're really uh, they seem to devote themselves to forwarding great melodic rock and metal. That that deal with them. Uh, how is that going? And do you see a future with them for future Quiet Riot records? Well, you know, the amazing thing for me is that I've got a wonderful professional uh, relationship with, with Frontiers, but I also have a really, really solid personal relationship. Um, I don't know if it's because, you know, I have an Italian-Sicilian background or or what it is, but I get along with all of them great. We have great communication um, together, there's never any breakdown in the communication. So I've never had any any issues uh, with them. I mean, I'm a strong negotiator, um, and and they appreciate that. And so we did the first studio record, Road Rage, which came out uh, August of 2018, <clears throat> and now we have uh, uh, the live record coming out January 25th. Um, and at this point in time, I would imagine that uh, that we could potentially do uh, another studio record with them. I mean, that hasn't been discussed yet, right. but um, I see no reason why those uh, those avenues aren't open. Uh, and I've already started writing material with my writing partner. So, um, you know, to me, going out and playing and playing the Quiet Riot catalog, I love playing those songs. I still love playing those songs. I never phoned it in. Um, every night I believe in the songs and I play them like I believe them. Um, but at the same time, I have to continue to grow as a musician, even even if the record industry is not what it used to be, um, because that's how that's what a musician should do. Um, you should continue to grow, whether it's big steps or, or small steps. As long as you're keeping moving forward creatively, then it's worth doing it, and it doesn't it doesn't become boring. That's that's good to hear. It's good to hear that you still enjoy playing those songs because you know I have talked to a lot of guys who they you know they play it because they have to play it. Uh, it's because that's what everybody wants to hear. Not that they're phoning it in either, but you know there's there's not a, a passion for it anymore. And you know people want to hear that classic stuff for sure. Well, here here's the thing with with 
uh, One Night Live in Milan, um, and and the title is not it's not by accident. The reason I wanted to call it One Night in Milan is because <clears throat> one of my conditions to agreeing to to play the Frontiers Rock Festival and to have it recorded for a release was that I would not bring uh, those tracks into the studio and re-record anything. So. <clears throat> There, there are no lead solos were re-recorded. No, no extra guitars were added. No lead vocals were were recut. Um, we didn't get, you know, the, the the three tenors in to do background vocals. We didn't fly in the audience at Madison Square Garden for for Led Zeppelin's 1975 show. Right. Everything there is as it was that particular night in Milan. Because to me, <clears throat> the minute you change anything. I'm not talking about a mix, but the minute you add anything um, to a live record, it ceases to become a live record. Right. I totally agree. And that's one of the reasons that I haven't been a fan in the past of live records. But listening to this record, there is, you know, that nothing's cut in. It's not perfect. And I think that's what I really enjoy about it is there, there's, it's a, I was there. I was in Milan when I listened to that record. And uh, it, it's really it's it's really sweet uh, to hear that. And uh, one of the highlights of the record for me is uh, Thunderbird. I love it, and I've seen you guys you know a dozen times probably easily. It's always great. But you have Alessandro Davecchio playing keyboards here in Milan. Uh, there's there's a there's a real vibe to this, and and you tell the story. Uh, before the song and you leave the moment of silence in the recording and that really had an impact on me i you know you well up when you hear thunderbird on this record it's that impactful the decision to do that and and was there any um any decision that you know when you have that moment of silence uh to you know not include that did you ever consider that no, you know when when I knew that uh, and I had agreed to to do the live record. Um, <clears throat> I didn't want to produce this one myself. I wanted I wanted um, an outside producer to do it, uh, and the choice was obvious. Alexander Dovecchio, who I know, uh, and he does a lot of work for Frontiers. He's he's an amazing musician. He's an accomplished uh, keyboard player, and he's one of the sweetest guys on the planet. So. I was thinking to myself, you know, Quiet Ride has never performed that song, Thunderbird, um, the way it was recorded in the studio with piano because, you know, we, we you know, didn't take a keyboard player out on the road. Right. Even when we took a keyboard player out on the road for the QR3 tour, we still didn't do it um, with, uh, with piano. So I, I thought that this was a golden opportunity because all the pieces were in place with, with Alexandro being, uh, being over in Italy uh, for the festival. And he he was he was you know very touched that I had asked him to do that, um, not including the moment of silence uh, was never a consideration for me because you know I I do that part of the set out of out of pure love and respect for both Randy and Kevin, and the best way to keep them alive is is to keep their memory alive, and when you're 
in a, um, when you're playing in front of an audience, regardless of whether it's a big venue or a small venue. And, you know, you get people that are rowdy and screaming and yelling, and you get the occasional person that's had many, you know, too many uh, Heinekens. Um, but when that moment comes and, and they just drop to silence, um, that is people remembering Randy and Kevin. Um, so to take that out of, of, of the live record uh, was never a consideration. I would have rather, if it was a time thing, I would have rather taken a song out of the set than exclude that part of the set. Yeah, and God bless you for it, because uh, it, it it does mean a lot, and, and all of, all the fans do keep them alive in, in the memories, and, and they're they're a huge part of our lives as, as well as yours and the band's, so thank you for that. Um, I, well, when Randy when Randy was 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 killed, we were all cheated, and and Kevin left us way too soon. Um, so you know, as long as I'm alive, and as, soon as, as long as I continue to inquire Riot, when we perform that song, it's it's about them, and and the audience's appreciation, the fans' appreciation of them. It's not about us. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. Now, I remember you um, releasing the Quiet Riot 10 record, going back to the, the, the way of the world these days. It got stolen, the, you know, downloads were being stolen all over the place, and you kind of pulled that record. It's it's kind of the holy grail of for the Quiet Riot fan now. Uh, it's very, very difficult to find, and not in bootleg or anything like that. Would you ever consider reworking those songs into new recordings, possibly with James, or releasing that those recordings again? It's hard to say what's gonna happen with, with that. I mean and, and I'll be I'll be very um, very upfront with it. Um, just in the way that this uh, that this live um, record was done with, with no overdubs and no fixes and just like the Quiet Riot movie, well, now you hear there's no way back. <clears throat> Everything is brutally honest and transparent. Um, and what ended up happening is the, the reason I pulled the record um, didn't have that much to do with, with people bootlegging it because I knew that was going to happen. But what happened is I got a lot of criticism um, because people were saying, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't buy digital and, and unless I have a physical copy, you know, I'm not going to support this and all of that. Um, and, and so, you know, be careful what you wish for because enough people criticized me for not, for not putting it out as a physical release, um, on my dime because that wasn't, that wasn't on, on a, on a, on a record label. That's something I did on my own. Um, and you know, they, they complained so much about it. I said, well, if you're going to complain so much about it, I'm just going to pull it. Uh, which is exactly what I did. That was my decision to do it. Um, would we rework the songs? I would prefer. <clears throat> I would prefer not to do that because, to be honest with you, um, the six studio tracks that were on that record, I really, really like. I think uh, Jizzy did a great job um, on the vocals on those songs, uh, so I really like it. So, if it were to come out in the in the future. Um, it would that be it would that be augmented uh, in any way? I don't I don't think uh, I was really happy with with the mixing and the mastering, so I don't think I would change that. So um, is it possible that it's going to come out in the future? It's possible. I don't I I learned not to say never about anything again because it's come to bite me in the ass many times. So uh, my ass is no longer being bitten. So you never know. <laughs> uh, 
That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, I, I guess I can ask the same thing about the original recordings for Road Rage. Now, that's a little more sensitive with Sean Nichols being re-recorded. I assume you still have those recordings. Again, when you're a fan of a band, even though the, the stuff might suck, you want to hear it <laughs> because it's the band you uh -huh. love. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, it's like when I... I, I, I get everything from from the band if i'm a fan you know everything i could possibly find from every member um so there still are fans like that um will anybody ever hear that original road rage recording i can that's a very easy question to answer no no yeah and i i no. kind of figured that was your answer yeah yeah, no, I, and 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the reason, the main reason that that uh, those will not see the light of day. Um, all the music on on uh, on Road Rage um, was written by myself and my writing partner Neil Citron, with the exception of <clears throat> one song, which was uh, which was the music was written by Alex, and there's another song where Chuck has uh, co-writing credit uh, with myself and Neil. So all the music was written in house uh, without without any participation from from either singer. Um, but once I made the decision to to uh, cut my losses and uh, and improve the situation with James and have James sing it, uh, it would be unfair to him because it's totally new lyrics and totally new melodies. So it has nothing to do with the vocals uh, or melodies that preceded it. Um, I think it'd be unfair to James, who I love, um, to to have people make comparisons uh, between one and the other. Uh, I, you know, I don't play those kind of games, and, uh, and I don't care. You can offer me the most ridiculous amount of... Uh, of uh, advance to release it, and uh, you know what? I, I I rather eat vegan burgers. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. That's why we love you, Frankie. No doubt. Uh, yeah, and, and really, I mean, that is why we love you because you stand by your word. You're about integrity. You're you know you're you're a real person. It's not about the dollar bill. Um, you know, of course, you need that to live. But it, you know, you're a man of in integrity, and I knew that before you know anybody who knows anything about you knows that for sure well some some dollars you need and 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 other dollars is, is best to turn away from uh if you're doing it for the wrong reasons yeah absolutely so. absolutely and I, I do want to ask you about a piece of art that i saw it had a title uh -huh. a piece of art uh with your name attached to it uh yeah yeah, you. I, I'm so glad you're aware of it, <laughs> because you know you never know. Now, um, yeah. it's called Moni Moni. How did what what? I didn't know you were an artist. Uh, how did that come about? I, it, there was a company that got in touch with me, and and you know they looked at my recording career, and and it's you know it's 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 fairly diverse when you think of things you know that that run the gamut from. From you know, Quiet Riot to to Wasp to Billy Idol to you know this Led Zeppelin tribute that I did, and they they were interested to know um, if I would be interested in doing some some digital art based 
uh, and inspired by by the drumming on on some of the uh, on some of the material that I've recorded. Um, and you know, I had uh, I had a little time on my hands at that at that point in time, and I was very happy to do it. And you know, I'm I'm glad it came out. It's 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 not something that I that I normally uh, that I normally do. Um, because I've managed the business of Choir Rise since 1993, so you know my days are are, are pretty packed in taking care of the business of Choir Rise and making sure that that you know uh, nobody is uh, infringing upon uh, upon Choir Riot. Um, so doing extracurricular activities uh, don't happen often, but I'm glad I did it. I I was um, uh, I think that's probably one of my favorite pieces because. It's 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 looks like modern it looks like modern art. It's not as abstract as the uh, as the rest of the pieces in that collection. Yeah, it's a it's a great piece actually. I looked at it and I said, man, that's just a beautiful piece. Uh, it was really impressive. Um, uh, now, anybody who knows you at all knows that you're well versed in Japanese culture and you have a deep love of the country and its people. Um, tell me when you first connected with Japan and what kind of impact it might have on your music and your, your writing at all, or I don't see it, but is there, you know, an impact that it's had? And when did you first connect? It, it started, I, you know, I was probably between 12 and 14. My father um, traveled a lot on business. And I remember he had brought back some whiplock prints from, uh, from Japan and some other items. And I just, you know, absolutely uh, was intrigued by it. Uh, and then it just grew from from there. So it started at a very early age, and uh, um, I am very in tune with with the Japanese people and the Japanese mind, um, their sensibility, the art, <clears throat> um, and it's something that's become a a, a a part of my life. So it does affect it does affect me in in uh, in a lot of the things that I do uh, because I have a very I have a very zen sort of look at a lot of things uh but at the same time i'm uh you know i don't fool around if uh if you want to cross me then i will cross you just in the same way that uh that a samurai would uh so you know you have that duality where you can have this incredible uh peaceful mind and at the same time uh be prepared to go into battle at any moment right right yeah, I and mean, believe me, the music industry is a battle. It's a constant battle. So. <laughs> Anybody who's seen the film uh, <laughs> knows that for sure. Uh, and and it's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful film. Um, it, well, thank you. It, it's it's amazing. Uh, it really is. And and I thank you for putting that out because uh, it brings us closer as fans to to the band. Um, and and of course, well, that's what every fan wants. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, a lot of the credit goes to Regina Russell, who who um, directed the film, and and she had she had the horrible task of having to deal with me uh, on a daily basis because you know they were filming every day uh, for a long period of time. But also, um, she had to go through you know uh, at at that point in time uh, three decades worth of of my archives um, and and figure out you know you only have so much time. Uh, within the format of the film length, um, so what do you put in from the past? What don't you put in from the past, so that you have a cohesive story and so that you can understand 
from the past how we got to the present. And uh, and so credit goes to her. I, I had nothing to do with, with uh, she was the director. I had nothing to do with the production. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I made it I made it well known that I didn't want to see anything after after the first thirty days of shooting. I just said, "Listen, just stay out of my way and make your film." And I didn't see it until uh, until it was done, until it was a complete complete film. Wow, very cool, very cool. Well, she must have liked the daily grind with you, right? She's she's your wife now, right? <laughs> Yeah, hey, listen, you know, if, if, if that didn't drive us apart, uh, that tells you something, right? Yeah, how about it? Uh, it's pretty cool. It's a great story. Um, I know you have an appreciation for diversity in, in music, and you listen to a bunch of stuff. I see your, your posts with your vinyl and stuff, and, and it's really great to mm -hmm. see that. And, you know, as a fan, I, I picture, I hear it in my head, you playing some swing or some jazz or something like that, you know, something out of your, your, your the what we know you for comfort zone. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if it's a comfort. You're probably comfortable playing just about anything. Uh, you've been doing this a long time. Um, have you ever considered playing um, a jazz on a jazz record for? I would I would love to do so and and also a funk record because that's a if if you if you really sit down and isolate the drums to a lot of the a lot of the recordings I've done uh, it has more in tune with funk drumming than it does with traditional rock drumming uh, I would welcome it the it's but you know it's it's the double edged sword of 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 being in Quiet Riot you know being in a in a quote unquote heavy metal band or a hair band uh, and and so. I get pigeonholed that the only thing I can do is what I do, which is really not the case. So the opportunities have not presented themselves because I'm by and large considered the you know the drummer in Quiet Riot or or the guy who played on you know seven or eight Wasp records uh, or the guy who did you know Moni Moni uh, for Billy Idol that kind of stuff. So I would welcome it. Um, somebody just has to take the uh, has to take the uh, the first step and ask me to do it because I would love to do it. That's cool. That's cool to hear. And I know you could. Uh, that, that's, that's what's frustrating for me. <laughs> I know you could, and I'd love to hear it. Um, <laughs> how about writing a book? I, I, and I mean like a cookbook. <laughs> I want to see a cookbook, because I know you can cook. <laughs> Ever think about well, you know, every, it? Yeah, everybody, everybody has asked me, uh, you, know, you know, why don't you write a book? Because Unlike a lot of my peers, I have a ridiculously great memory. Uh, I had a great time in the 80s, uh, but I stopped partying um, with drugs and all that in 87. Uh, but even before that, I remember, I remember everything. I mean, I remember Steppenwolf dates that I did in 78 and 79, um, stuff back in, in, in the 70s, things that I did with my first great garage band back in 67, 68, 69. So... I remember um, most of it, if not all of it. Um, it's just a question of time and a question of a publisher being interested in doing it. Um, as far as cooking is concerned, that's uh, cooking is a, a huge part of my life, and, yeah. and I would love to do it. But again, it's a matter of time and somebody having the interest uh, uh, and having me actually make it a reality. So right. I'm all ears. Ah, that's cool. That's great to hear too. Um, I'll, I, you know, I know you got a break coming up. I just have a couple more, um, and I don't want to take your time. Um, when's the last time you thought about hanging it up, about retiring? Have you? Does it come across your your thought process? 
Never. Um, I, I always tell people that, that uh, <laughs> when I'm in the box and they're about to roll me into the crematorium because <clears throat> I refuse to leave a, 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 a big mess behind me in, in the ground, uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to hear me tapping uh, when the levee breaks <laughs> as, I'm rolling down, as I'm rolling down into the confection oven. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're full of good news, Frankie. I gotta tell you, this is all good. <laughs> um, and I'll leave you with one more and I'll let you get to your break. Um, okay. what's, what's on the top of Frankie Benali's bucket list? You've done so much with your career, so much with your life. What, what's left? I mean, what do you want to accomplish before you leave us? Um, you know, it's, I like to travel. I mean, uh, and and like I travel with the band. But what I mean, travel is I like to travel uh, with my family, um, not necessarily with the band. And and just you know, I I would love to 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 spend a Christmas in Kyoto. I mean, I wanted to spend a Christmas in uh, in Japan. I was able to do so in northern Japan last year. Uh, but you know, bucket list. I'd love to do a, a Christmas in Kyoto or a Christmas in uh, in Vienna. Um, you know, I've never been, uh, I've never been to Fiji or any of those exotic islands, uh, because it's not one of those rock and roll destinations. So it's things like that, but, you know, by and large, I, I've been so far, I've been blessed and I've, I've done so much, um, much more than I ever thought I was, uh, have going to have the opportunity to do. Um, and, and I've had quite a few tragedies, but I've had many blessings at the same time. And, and I never forget, I always mention, I never forget the fact that the life that I have and the life that I continue to have, uh, in large parts, I owe not just to myself and Quiet Riot and hard work, but I owe it to the fans that have made it possible um, for, for me to continue doing this. And that's, that's the God's honest truth. Because without without the fans, uh, they're really, they will just be another another unsuccessful band. Yeah, that that means so much. It, it really, really does to to everybody that that'll be listening. And, and you know, I mean, it's just uh, just amazing uh, your your love for the fans and and Quiet Riot and the legacy is uh, really appreciated. And and Frankie, I just wanted to tell you, you know, I, I was um I'm, a, I'm a, I was a stay at home dad for a long time. Um, I quit my career to stay home with my my son and my daughter and my son is the exact same age just about it as ashley is and uh mm -hmm. you know I, I i can't imagine him losing his mother uh at 12 and uh you know the job you've done with your child is just uh it's it's to be commended because i know how difficult it is i, I did it myself and uh you know, with your, with rock and roll and keeping everything in balance and everything else, uh, it, it couldn't have been easy. And I just want to recognize that for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Again, it's, it's just, it's just part of, part of, you know, and, uh, each individual Zen, how, how you deal, how you deal with the realities of, uh, of life, you know, and, uh, and understand the things that, that you can't fix and you can't change, but also understand the things you can't ignore. Yeah. Uh, God bless you, Frankie, and, and, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm honored, humbled to speak with you, and uh, yeah, I hope to see you when you come to Chicago. Well, I look forward to it. The pleasure is uh, completely and totally mine, and, and again, 
Um, if you if you hear that we're playing somewhere near you, you know how to find me, and uh, you're on my guest list. I... Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Frank. All right, my friend. Be well. You take care. You have a wonderful weekend with your family and friends. All right. You too. Thank you so much. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.